Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And as usual, we have a special guest today uh, who we're so happy to have in the studio. And he brought us booze, which is just really cool. <laughs> what a nice thing. I look thing. forward to drinking it. It's like this grapefruit rum. No one's ever brought us a booze present before. I mean, maybe we should just throw it back during the recording, too, you know? Why not? I mean, let's get weird with it. <laughs> let's just get real weird during this one. <laughs> uh, so, Emery is going to introduce our special guest. Yes, our special guest is Ilya Lylan. I have known Ilya for a long time, uh, since the early 2000s. Uh, we went to high school together, Eastern High School. Go Eagles. And uh, he currently works in the alcohol industry. So I guess that was very convenient for you to bring us alcohol, <laughs> which we're very appreciative of. Um, and Ilya is just a fantastic human being in person. Um, I just, yeah, I really enjoy him overall and excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I've always uh, wanted to be on a podcast. I've never wanted to start one. Yeah. Because that's a lot of work. And <laughs> people keep, every time I'm in a conversation with three people, and we talk about something. They say, we should start a podcast. And I say, no, nobody wants to hear this. But <laughs> I've only been a guest on one other one. And we talked about the Joker. I don't think anybody listened to it. So I'm really happy <laughs> to be here. That's the thing. So you just, you just got to be willing to record even if you don't think a lot of people are listening. It's just like, hey, we're doing it. Yeah. You just got to do it. But so, yeah, so the so the wait the Joker that's the newish yeah, movie, the, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, doesn't that kind of have a mental health theme? Yeah, big time actually. It was very, it was a good movie. It was one of those movies that you and like it was a good movie to watch, but I would never watch it again because it's so dark and it's mm. so depressing. Uh, and it kind of after a while, I was thinking about it. I missed the Joker that was just you know. Um, in the mafia or a gang leader and you didn't know anything about him this joker too it's a very depressed joker and he had the right to be and yeah some of the scenes in there just kind of I, I i left that movie and i was just in a in a bad mood it wasn't i was like this is a great movie well now i now i'm upset well, well dark and depressing is kind of our jam though Lizzie. yeah so true we might love that movie mm-hmm have to check that out i'll we'll have to check it out so you guys met in the early 2000s? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's well, a wonderful, wonderful time for culture and fashion and just everything. Music. Yeah, when you think of time periods in, in our country's history or world history, really, like the early 2000s, really, I think everyone would say sticks out to them. Just it's as... the most embarrassing. Oh, okay. I was going to say <laughs> it's one of the most iconic periods of time. <laughs> no, it's like the most embarrassing for like the stuff that, especially as women, the stuff that we wore. Like it was like low rise pants and then there would be these like thongs that come up over the back of your pants. I don't know if you guys remember those. I, I remember those. Yeah, we remember. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And then uh, just a lot of exposed midriff, a lot of um, like... I was remembering like these little Playboy bunny stickers that you would put on before you tanned so mm. that it would leave a little white Playboy bunny like, on what? your hip. Why? Like Because it was stripper culture. I mean, and belly button rings and it was just stripper culture. Was... I, think, I think belly button rings are kind of cool though. Yeah, they should come back. Yeah. They might. Well, the midriffs are coming back out again. I, I took out my belly button ring. I had one. I was mm -hmm. cool. I got yeah. it when I was like 16 for having good grades. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I seriously almost like what a gift. I almost passed out. It's it's actually a really painful piercing, and I have a pretty high like I don't really care about needles and you know I have tattoos like I don't have like a low pain tolerance or anything. But oof, they just basically take a hook and like come from up from the bottom I, I was she had me standing in front of her for some reason instead of like lying down good lord oh my and she just yeah. takes this hook and just like that just, sounds fun yeah <laughs> and there's like there was this guy that i didn't know that was i was facing during and he just was like oh when he saw my face <laughs> i must have gotten really pale you know i got i got a piercing as well really um i was seven years old and my dad took me to Claire's in the mall, nice. and I got my ears pierced because I wanted to be like my brother. And my brother had his ears pierced. My brother also got his nipples pierced and his tongue pierced. Bad boy. Wow. But I only got one ear pierced, and I was so scared and nervous about it. And then my brother that night like teased me and was like, hey, your ear's going to get infected. It's going to fall off, and you're going to die. And so like I was just like, man, I'm going to die. So I had to get it off. So I only had it for like a week. So <laughs> just closed right back up. <laughs> just closed right back up. Wish I wish I stayed with it, but but yeah. Does he still have the nipple and tongue rings? He got rid of the the tongue pretty quickly because the tongue is is a lot. Um, and it, it closes up really fast. Yeah, and it, like I think it was like an issue with, like talking and everything. And then the nipples was just like I think once my mom found out, it was like, okay, you got to get rid of those cuz mom doesn't like that so <laughs> not good for the family vacations yeah not perfect for those that, that would never fly in the soviet russian culture where i'm from um if you got if you were a man and you got something pierced ears pierced anything pierced and an old russian grandma saw it two hours later that day the entire community would know and <laughs> and it would be they will never forget it either you know i'm 33 years old and when I was three years old, I set off the, I set off the fire alarm at the temple, and you know I was three years old. I just wanted to, I just saw it and I set it off. Um, yeah, that's what that's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, you're supposed to do that. And um, this old guy that was friends with my grandpa, still calls me fireman in <laughs> Russian. He still to this day calls me fireman. That is thirty years ago. <laughs> it's something that I did thirty years ago. They don't forget. Wow. Yeah. So do you speak any Russian? Yeah, uh, cool. I. My experience was a little bit unique because a lot of people that moved here, their parents couldn't speak English, but my mother uh, majored in English and so did my grandpa. And so I I tried my best to speak Russian at home so I wouldn't forget it. Nice. So I can still... Now it's a little harder. There's not as many Russians here. I put my GPS in Russian so that maybe I'll remember a little bit. Wow, that's high stakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. don't know what they're saying, you're like, uh-oh. Exactly. So... It, it helps me keep it in the system for a little bit. We're watching, like, Russian TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen any new ones, but the Russian movies that I watched as a kid, I mean, the cartoons, they were incredible. I can't even... During, during the Soviet times, they made some good, they made some good stuff. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know. I, my dad hates everything new so he says it's all it, it's all trash but um i used to watch this show it was like similar to sylvester and tweety except it was a wolf and a rabbit and this wolf would be smoking cigarettes drinking beer and it, <laughs> yeah it was way more uh r-rated than the sylvester and tweety one but i love that show nice that's awesome Okay, so before we continue, I gotta I gotta do the business. Yep. Um, so you are listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 1065 Ford Radio. 
You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, SoundCloud, CastBox, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on social media platforms. Facebook is Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out. And Instagram is Two Nuts in a Pod with the actual number two, because Instagram's all cool and hip. And then you can also email us anytime, 24-7-365 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. You can email us with questions, concerns, if there's things that you want to be on the show, if you want to be on the show, if you want to send fan mail to Lizzie and hate mail to me, whatever <laughs> you want to do, you can do that. And we have, uh, I think it's 800 interns that yeah. can answer anytime. Like they will literally answer immediately. So mm-hmm. real go-getters. Yeah, we got a real good group, so we're really proud of them. Um, and that's just, you know, that's we're just our community service. So that's yeah. what we're doing. Hiring into, well, we're not actually hiring or paying them. We just have them answering emails. Yep. So, yeah, that's the business, and that's that's all I got. I'm done cool. for the rest of the show. Cool. So, emo's out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, see you later. I got, we got this. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to go into our first segment, which is How Are You For Real? So, this is where we want to just talk about how we're actually doing not just like the polite answers of how we're doing like i'm okay or can't complain it's like no we want to hear tgif (laughs) yeah (laughs) we want to hear how you're actually doing and if you're doing great then that's great but tell us why because we need to know that secret we need to get in on that like how dare you feel great so give us all the information (laughs) yeah we prefer if you if you feel bad that yeah. makes us oh, feel man. better. Yeah, we're always looking for sad people to get on the show. So, Ilya, you know. Well, I am hungover. Uh, I will be very open. <laughs> Wait, about we haven't that. started it yet. <laughs> you can see it. Let's start with Ilya. So, right, Ilya, how are you for start. real? Oh, you're supposed to go in a circle. I'm sorry. Uh, well, so, yeah, I'm hungover. Uh, I <laughs> just wanted to be honest about that. But I feel. First of all, I just want to say I really appreciate this segment because we were talking about in the car earlier in the corporate world. You run into somebody in the hallway and you go through the motions. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. And then you see that person again and you have to go through the motions again or you just ignore them, which is rude. So or just like, hi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> or I just, just don't kinda, look at them. <laughs> I just kind of stare off, and but they see me. So I, I really do enjoy actually talking about how I am. And besides, you know, uh, overindulging a little bit on a Friday night. I actually do feel, I'm sorry, I feel really good. Uh, if you had asked me that during COVID, uh, during the isolation and lockdown, I would have answered it a little bit differently. But COVID was really tough for me because it basically took away everything I love, which I'm sure it's tough for everybody. Nobody had a great experience unless you work at Sonic because they didn't change their they didn't change anything about their business platform. Nothing changed <laughs> about Sonic. Uh, but but I I love going out interacting with people. I love going to the movies. It's my favorite activity. Me too. Yeah, Tuesday night movies all the time with people I used to work with at the pizza shop. Um, and then going on trips, uh, just stuff like that. A- any... Anything that I like, one thing I really don't like to do is stay at home, and that's what we were supposed to do was stay at home. And it was also tough because I didn't get to work from home. I still had to do my regular job. So it was as though I was working because I was an essential worker. I was working, but now I can't reward myself after working with a nice weekend, with hanging out with friends. I just go home. 
So you still went into the office throughout COVID? So our office was closed, but uh, the the industry I'm in, every all the liquor stores were open. So it, it, it almost was as though they weren't really affected too much. Um, oh, and, you know, another thing, I, I didn't mention this. I love going to yoga. Yoga was something I discovered uh, years ago, and they closed all the gyms. And, yeah, they did online classes, but it's not the same when you're sitting at home. It just really isn't. It's Plus, hard to motivate. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go into child's pose. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, Or I'm going to take a nap in between poses. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, <laughs> that that wasn't around for several months and i that was really tough i i couldn't go to that and i need that that's my that's what i use to kind of combat my anxiety Hmm. or a lot of people they'll go they'll think you know i'm going there as a workout or i'm going there to be in zen or something like that but to me it's just after work it's it's like a ritual i do i go in there and then everything I was worried about, everything I forgot I did, uh, it just it helps make it kind of disappear a little bit. Yeah. So now that everything's back open, the world's open. Uh, I can go to yoga again. I'm doing I'm doing a lot better. I would say. That's great. Then you don't really seem hungover. You seem like you're doing okay. That's uh, I, I had a lot of practice to try to. <laughs> to try to make it seem like I'm okay. <laughs> uh, when I'm hungover, I there's no hiding it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I might be a little hungover today. I don't. Sometimes I don't know. Am I just am I hungover, or is it just like the depression? <laughs> like I can't tell the difference between the sensations. I'm like, well, I'm really tired. I'm feeling like low serotonin. Don't really want to do anything. But that could also just be a normal Saturday for me. So, yeah, yeah, actually, I saw Ilya last night um, and, uh, you know, I only drank water, of course, and I went home very early. So, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. So <laughs> don't have to worry about that. But I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've I've heard this show before. Uh, I heard Josh's episode and Courtney's episode. It's going to be hard to follow them up, but I'll do my best. I know both of them. It's a lot of, a lot of Eastern people coming on this podcast. I love it. Yeah, representing. I feel like it's all of like emo's high school friends. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't have any friends. It's all the emo's friends that come on the show. You should get friends from your high school to come on the show. I know we'd have to like get them to Skype in though, because they're all over the place. Mm, tell them to just travel here. We don't want to do the Skype stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to mess with that. Just come on up from Virginia and just drive the eight hours and <laughs> do our show with us. We just all. All of us just stay in Louisville. Nobody goes anywhere after high school. I know. I love that. I love that about Louisville. It sucks you in. Yeah. Or you leave and come back. So I left for four years and came back because mm-hmm. uh, I was in Mississippi and Memphis. And I was like, those places are nice, but I prefer Louisville. There's um, a lot of those. People would leave for a few years and come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be too late for me, but it's okay. I tried to apply to jobs um, out in Florida before and california and all that but man they just really don't want anybody from kentucky or maybe maybe i just not a good candidate but i remember i applied to a job in florida on sunday night monday morning at seven before they even had their coffee denied so it's okay i (laughs) guess like get out of here kentucky boy they're just like nope (laughs) 
it's fine. I, I guess I'll just stay here. And at, for a while there, I was kind of worried about it. I said, man, all my friends are moving and this and that. But, you know, it's a comfortable place to live. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Everything's 20 minutes away. Our traffic's not that bad. Um, it's and, affordable. Yeah. Bars you, are open late, even but, though it's not a huge city. Yeah, exactly. You can still stay out till four if you're feeling crazy. Yeah, yeah. You're like, Ilya, not me. <laughs> <laughs> my my dad was in Chicago, and I'll go out there, and I mean, to run three errands in Louisville, you can do it in a day over there. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I believe that. So, Lizzie, how are you for real? I am doing pretty okay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is always, it's become a harder and harder question for me because I've been dealing with this bout of anxiety and depression for so long that I like, it's hard to even tell the incremental changes I'm making, like if I'm getting better or if I'm getting worse. Um, But I did a couple weeks ago, um, I stopped taking my mood stabilizers because I I went on a weekend trip and I forgot them. And I was like, well, I'm going to see how I do. And if I do okay, then I'm just going to stay off of them because I really wanted to go off of them. I don't have bipolar. There's no reason I need to be on them. Um, And I I just kind of miss my moods. I, you know, I used to be really moody and I, I hated that. I hated having like It felt like every other day was like good mood, bad mood, good mood, bad mood. But now I just have no moods. I'm just like kind of this weird (laughs) neutral all the time, like very robotic. um, And I don't like that. So, um, yeah, it's been two weeks now that I've been off of them. And last time I tried to wean off of them and it was really bad. I was having panic attacks and it was just like... My anxiety was skyrocketing, but this time quitting cold turkey, which you're not supposed to do, actually for me worked. And my psychiatrist said it's probably because I, at the level of the dose I was taking, I was just activated. Like my, it was activating my anxiety. So in that case, it's just like rip it off, rip off the bandaid, just like stop taking it. Um, So I did that. I, I, she had given me that advice before and that was the only reason I did that. Usually I wouldn't go against you know i would never go against like professional advice on that because i know it can be really terrible to have side effects from like quitting cold turkey but knock on wood i really haven't had any um except i had some trouble sleeping at first because they were actually prescribed to me to help with sleep they weren't prescribed to act as mood stabilizers which was just weird it was my former psychiatrist and I ended up leaving her cause I just, she was doing some wacky stuff with my medications. Um, but I had some trouble sleeping, uh, but I haven't had any like crying jags. Like last time I haven't had any panic attacks. I haven't had episodes of feeling like manic almost. That's what was happening to me before when I tried to go off of them, I was having kind of some scary, things that felt like manic episodes, even though they weren't because I'm not bipolar um, and they only lasted like a day. But it was just like this almost uncomfortable, euphoric feeling that I just didn't feel like myself. And it was like, maybe it's just, I was just happy. It's it's a weird, that's a very, I know that feeling. It's a very weird feeling. 
It's just like, why am I this happy? Like, this is too much. It's it was extreme. just, it was uneasy, and I just had this weird kind of hyped up energy, and yeah, like trouble sleeping, and um, but anyway, I'm feeling good about that, and I'm feeling like this is just kind of a fun summer. I feel like I've had a lot of, I've gotten to hang out with friends a lot, and starting to do things that. Um, I wasn't able to do for COVID. So like I went to like my first live show the other night, um, nice. went to Houndmouth on Waterfront Wednesday Oh, cool! at Waterfront Wednesday. Uh, unfortunately, Seth, my husband and I, we got there right when the show started and we got in the drink line and we were listening to the first few songs and the drink line was just barely edging along and we're like, we could do this. We can wait. We can stay in this line. We're at least going to catch the end of the show if we stay in this line. We thought they were going to play for an hour and a half. So we're like, okay, that the most this line's going to take an hour. <laughs> I know it sounds so bad. It just, it really highlighted my alcohol dependency for me that I was willing <laughs> to wait in this line. And like, Houndmouth's not my favorite band or anything, but it would have been nice to sit with friends and watch the show yeah. instead of standing in a line. So we ended up. We got to the front of the line, and then our friends came over and were like, show's over, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. And we were Seth has a temper, so he was just, like, seething with anger. And I was just like, well, I'm still going to get my drink because I've been waiting this long. And I, I was just, like, really thirsty by then, too, because yeah. I didn't even bring water. I was just, like, really wanting that bourbon and ginger. Um, but then the next day, I, like, looked at all... I made the mistake of getting on Instagram and like looking at everyone's stories and like everybody was at, it just seems like everybody was at this concert and had these great videos of the stage and smiling on blankets. And I was like, I've never had this much FOMO for an event. I actually attended. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was there, but oh no, I, I just missed out. So I had, to, I'm still kind of butthurt about that. That was, and Seth and I, we just kept being like, should we get out of line? Should we, should we just go? And, but then there, there are all these other people in line and they're in the same position you are. And you're like, they're not leaving. Mm -hmm. So it's like this shared psychosis almost that we all believe that if we just are patient, that things will work out for us and we'll get through this line and be able to watch the show. But, um, didn't happen. I heard the whole show. That's cool. Yeah. I was close enough to be able to hear it. At least you got a beer out of it. Yeah, I at got, the end of the day, I, you got something. I got my bourbon and ginger. I wish or, we had gotten in the beer line because that moved a lot faster. It turned out, but got my bourbon and ginger, which I drank on the way out. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, like cursing under my breath, just like. I'm sure Seth hated it. Yeah. He he's so mad. He got two bourbon and cokes to to chug on the way out of the venue. <laughs> he was just like so mad and you want those drinks so much by then that they're just like liquid gold you're like yes i <laughs> <laughs> like i've never waited an hour for a drink so that was uh wow. something else but um yeah anyway and i think i'm gonna go to railbird in lexington in august see more, my morning jacket because oh, i've never yeah. seen them and yeah so i'm just excited to be able to do that stuff again i'm excited to go to movies again and I do think, I, th I think that my, I'm going back to work. I'm, I think I'm going to start going back next week. I'm trying to train myself because I'm so used to sleeping in and just wearing my pajamas all day. So I'm like trying to slowly train myself to like get back to the office. And 
I'm kind of anxious about that because it's just going to be such a change. So I'm going to try to do like a couple days, a few days a week for the next couple weeks and then I'll be back full time. But I'm I'm thinking it'll help my mental health a lot once I'm back in the structure yeah. of like going to the office every day um, and just like having a reason to get dressed in the morning and being able to like you know, socialize with people during the day, not just be like stuck in my house with, I mean, my dog is good company, but Phoebe is great company. I love her. Yeah. It's not the same as chatting with coworkers. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically how I'm doing. I'm anxious about going back to work, but I'm optimistic that some of the changes I'm making are going to be positive. I started doing acupuncture and taking these Chinese herbs, which I'm hoping will. I, I think it's starting to make a difference, too, on my mental health. I figured Western medicine hasn't been working for me, so I'll try out some Eastern. <laughs> see, see what they have to offer me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there, and uh, I think things are going to get better soon. Nice. How about you, Emo? How are you for real? I would say I am doing overall pretty good. I uh, went to a, I went on a trip to Denver recently. That's the capital city in Colorado, and <laughs> uh, the Rocky Mountains. Um, it was real beautiful, and you know it's like ninety five degrees there, but it's it's that dry heat. And I know everyone in Louisville is like, oh, the humidity, but really the humidity is so awful here, where you sweat just walking to your car. And I didn't have that problem in Denver. And I saw some friends that live there. And I one friend, they live, uh, this couple, they live within a few minutes walk of a brewery and a dispensary. Um, because they have those dispensaries out there. Because it is legal. And I was like, wow, this is just such a Colorado thing. And then I went, um, and one day I went to the Denver Botanical Gardens. The Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Uh, or the Denver Nature and Science Museum. I forgot what it's called. The Denver Art Museum and the International Church of Cannabis. I went to all four in one day. The International Church of Cannabis is very interesting. Uh, it is a former church building that uh, they have made it into a, a cannabis church, and it's uh, very interesting. Um, you do a, a meditation and light show there. Uh, they do you do not uh, partake in cannabis while on the uh, at the the facility. But it's just uh, it is a very interesting experience, and I recommend it. Actually, all four of those places that I just listed, I'll recommend them. So uh, they're all great. Really enjoyed my time in Denver, and it was just nice to travel again because it's the first time I've been on an airplane in like 19 months. I'd gone to uh, Spain and Portugal back in December of 2019, and hadn't been on a plane since then. Mm. So that was weird. Um, just traveling with the mask on, and just you know, just traveling again is so weird. And then just seeing those some jerks that aren't wearing the mask, everybody's got their mask on. And then it's like one dude, it's always like a middle-aged white dude that just doesn't have his mask on. You're like, come on, man. So yeah, but overall pretty good. I, um, I was feeling a little stressed yesterday just because I realized how much was on my plate. I am a person that says yes to a lot of things, and that can be really difficult sometimes. So I'm still learning how to say no and still learning how to establish boundaries I uh, I have a lot on my plate as far as work and then community service stuff, which community service stuff is all like, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it, but it requires a lot. So I'm on a few different boards and everything and that just, 
I think last night I was like, okay, like I've, I've got a lot on my plate. There's a lot going on. And then I feel like I'm trying to like, you know, it's that codependency thing where I'm trying to make everybody happy and I want to like fix everything. And you know, that's a, that's a struggle too, because one, you can't make it everyone happy and two, you can't fix everything. And three, it's not healthy to do either one really. Uh, so yeah, I was struggling with that a little bit. And so last night I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have a good time. And I had a little too good of a time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that just, I felt really, I felt when I woke up this morning, I felt a really strong sense of like shame and guilt. And I hate that. I hate, I hate feeling that way, but I also hate having those feelings at all because it's like, come on, man. Like you live a stressful life with a lot of stuff on your plate. Like go have fun, be yourself, have fun, be free. But it's like the next day I'm like, I'm punishing myself almost. And the hangover scaries. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I don't like that. And I'm kind of a, kind of a, I'm tend to be a perfectionist tend to be a control freak. And, you know, if I don't feel like things are perfect or they're a little out of control, like I feel like my whole life's out of whack. And then I'm very critical of myself. So like if I see other people go through it, I'm just like, oh, hey, man. Like if I, if I saw Ilya or Lizzie go through it, I'm like, hey, you know, you got to live life, you know. But if I, I do it, I'm just like, Emery, you know better than this. Like you need to be better. But it's like, man, like why, why be so mean to yourself? Like you should be your own best friend. Yeah. And I struggle at times to be my own best friend because I – am often my own worst critic. And so that's, that's been a little difficult for me. And I just, you know, so I've, I've just processing the feelings and emotions from that and just being like, okay, like this maybe isn't that big of a deal, Emery. Like, and you know, of course I'm the person that sits in bed afterwards. I'm just like, I am going to overanalyze and overthink absolutely everything that I said and did that night. Yeah. <laughs> like snippets. That's the worst when you have kind of like a brownout, like it's not quite a blackout, but you have like a little brown out and you kind of forget some stuff. So then like snippets of the night come back to you and you're like, oh, oh, did I say that? Like, and then it just, yeah, it's, it's the embarrassment. That's where the scaries come from. I think is like, sometimes it's the embarrassment, but sometimes it's just, I think a chemical thing. Your body just, your anxiety goes up from. But I, I think it's also like the, the Scorpio in me loves the truth and sometimes I just want people to be like, yeah, man, you were a jackass. Like you were a real jackass or like, yeah, you were really weird when you said that. Like, I wish people would do that because mm -hmm. then I'd be like, okay, like now I'm not just overthinking it all the time and thinking everybody thinks that like, you can be like, oh no, you were totally fine. Or like, no, no, you were a total weirdo and you're a freak. Like, <laughs> like I wish people would just say the truth there, but you know, people are nice. So, so then it just makes me think like, okay, like is everyone, is anyone telling me the truth? Is anyone being honest? Am I going nuts? So you know, just fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. I usually like will text people from that night and be like, oh my gosh, was I so annoying? Like, sorry if I got too drunk. And, and I, everyone's like, no, you were a delight. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I was a delight because I feel like just a piece of garbage today. Same here. I mean, I go on apology spree after apology spree and... They're like, they're like, Ilya, stop apologizing. You didn't do anything. And from what I've noticed um, is the people that need to apologize don't think they did anything wrong. Yeah. The people that do need to do something that they shouldn't have done or said something that they shouldn't have said, they'll, they'll just keep going. I've never in my life remember doing something where I actually did something bad. Um it's just all in my head. It's all in your head. You just want to apologize to everybody. But the thing is, the people you're talking to, like if you look at yourself 
and somebody said something to you and then that person apologizes to me the next day i said you were fine i don't even remember what you said <laughs> yeah you know that's it's just always all in our heads and i i definitely struggle with that what what help and i don't mean to hijack this conversation oh, uh, no, you're fine well what's really helped lately with me for that i i i don't mean to bring up yoga again i do go there after a night out a lot um and people think you're crazy why are you going to hot yoga after a night of drinking but i don't know it just i feel better and then lately my friend he goes by wolf dragon he uh <laughs> <laughs> he he's he's gotten obsessed with Wim Hof breathing. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with that. No. Wim Hof is basically they call him the Ice Man. He's this guy from Denmark whose wife had committed suicide, and uh, she he wanted he searched for ways to make himself happy to relieve his kind of stress because he was experiencing a lot of what she was experiencing, and he found it through breathing techniques. So he he just has these breathing techniques, and then he swims in really cold water. Oh, that, I have seen. I've heard about this guy. Yeah, that's his thing. And my friend Wolf Dragon, who looks kind of like Wim Hof, it's kind of funny. Uh, he bought a three hundred dollar a three hundred dollar trough bed that they use for horses and pigs to eat out of, and just every weekend fills it up with ice, like seven or eight bags, and then lays in it for three minutes. And he invited me over there one time, and I said, "You're what? Are you crazy? I'm not doing this." And I did it. And man, it really took out the Sunday scaries, I'll have to say. Wow. It was, it's very uncomfortable. All those three minutes, that's the goal is three minutes. But man, afterwards, it's really helped me. Um, so you do the breathing and then you get in there? Because the breathing is supposed to do something to your body where it doesn't process the cold as like pain, like as, as much of a threat. Allegedly. Uh, I still... It, but I you still feel as cold. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think it just really prepares your body to breathe correctly if it happens. Because some, what you you normally would do if you were to jump in really cold water is you would, you know, hyperventilate. But th but practicing to breathe makes me when I'm in there, I just, you know, I, I breathe in and out slowly. And it's funny because my dad has been doing this for thirty years. He's Russian. That's a big Russian thing. Um, and. He's been swimming in Lake Michigan. People are polar bear plunging, wearing suits, and he's just swimming by. Like, that's just how Boris, that's my dad's name, that's just how Boris does it. And he's been taking cold showers for 30 years, and I never understood it. And then that, I really, he's always in a good mood. Yeah. So I've been trying that. It, it has helped a lot. It's not a, a solution by any means, uh, a one-all solution to anything, but it does definitely help. That's just one more one more thing for like your mental health toolkit or whatever exactly like, like you can just do one more thing that can help yeah and it seems like it maybe it like kind of shocks your system so that the threat is not the anxiety the threat is like the cold exactly so and that's an, another thing is i like doing these types of activities to where i'm not thinking about anything i'm thinking about the present that's the key to what I need because I think about, oh, what I do a week ago, what I do three days ago, and then I think about, I have to do this next week. I have to do this tomorrow. But when I'm in yoga, when I'm doing an ice bath, or sometimes I'll go to a sauna or something if that's available. They're always breaking everywhere so you can't find one. But when I'm in the sauna too, you know, I'm just thinking about how hot it is. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're just so in the moment. Yeah. Which is like, they talk about that with mental health and with therapists all the time are like, yes, yeah, so you want to be in the moment. And it's so hard times to like have that happen. But like, I imagine, yeah, getting in a trough, a horse trough of ice. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I walk out of it, I shake it off and then I'm just, 
it's very euphoric. I, I feel I feel fantastic afterwards. And he's been I've only done it a couple Sundays now, and they do it every Sunday. So I'm very I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. God, I kind of want to do it now. Me too. Yeah, because the Sunday scares are very real. Yes. And yeah, to be in the moment in that time would be amazing. Mm-hmm. See, I do. Uh, I do sober January every year too. Just the whole month, don't drink. And I would figure the Sunday scaries wouldn't happen during that time, but they still do. It doesn't matter if you drink or not. You're still gonna have Sunday scaries. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're thinking about Monday and yeah. My Sunday scaries over. My Sunday scaries when I was teaching were unreal. Like it just was like I was just. Whew, I I don't have them. I don't have Sunday scaries as much anymore, which I'm really grateful for. But when when I was teaching, it was just an absolute nightmare. I sort of loved something like that to like just put me in the moment and take my mind off. Of that would have been great. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, we got to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nights in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. Okay, we are back with Ilya Lylan and... uh excited to kind of hear more about his story um before before we before before we get into that Ilya, we like to ask our guests like what made you feel comfortable coming on the show like what made you it's really hard it's really vulnerable to share this kind of stuff so um what made you feel like you could do that i just think um it's important to talk about this type of stuff because maybe like 10, 15 years ago, people were really sheltered about it. They didn't want to discuss personal issues, mental health issues, and now it's getting more open and it's important for anybody listening or even yourself uh, to, uh, to have a dialogue about how you're feeling, what's, what's affecting you, because that's a problem with our the way our society is working in my opinion is that some people just keep it all in they keep it all in and then something will happen to them and you'll never know that there was anything wrong so the more we're open i think at long term it's a good solution to try to stop you know bad things from happening to people Uh, i i also i really wanted to talk about some of the solutions not not 100 percent solutions but some of the solutions that i've I found that helped me, like what I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What would some of those solutions be for you? Or some of the things that have helped you cope or manage your mental health better? So basically, definitely definitely the yoga. Um, definitely the ice baths. That's new, but that's definitely helped. Uh, getting together with friends. 
always, but sometimes not necessarily drinking, but going to the movies with friends. That's a great activity that we couldn't do during COVID that it puts me in a good mood. Um, it helps throughout the week. Uh, it helps me kind of forget about life for a second. And, and I, I enjoy my life. I like the way things are going. I like my job. Uh, I enjoy everything, but everything comes with stress. Everything is a trigger for anxiety. And you just, at the end of the day, in my personal opinion, for other people might be different, but you just have to have things that help fight that. Uh, And taking prescribed medicine is definitely good uh, to do as well. But my my thing with that is, is that in, in a Russian household and Russian culture and Eastern medicine, like you were talking about, they try to keep you away from that. Mm-hmm. So with all of that kind of stuff, I'm very sensitive towards it. So I, I, I kind of try to stay away from that. But at the same time, I appreciate it helping a lot of people that need it. So I have to find out other ways to do that. And I just wanted to talk about that. Maybe it'll help somebody that's listening. Yeah. I also think about like, you know, people talk about like triggers, like those negative triggers or whatever. Like you mentioned, like we, we rarely look at like those positive triggers that like ignite some sort of happiness or joy. So like you just talked about it now, like something as simple as like going to the movies with friends. Like mm-hmm. that's something that brings you joy. So that's actually like a positive trigger for you. So it's just interesting to kind of hear about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's and and during COVID, you know, a lot of that was missing. And I tried with the a lot of friends would get together on those Zoom calls and that was that was fun for a little bit, but then once you had start having to do that at work and start having to do that with friends, it just became kind of. And also, it's it's weird because if you're in person with your friend group and they bring a new person along that you don't know, you meet them, but they do that in a digital chat. It's really weird. That's real, <laughs> real, real weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember my friend invited me, and he had. I was the only one. I didn't know anybody. It was people from his college, and people, he lives in San Francisco, and people in San Francisco, and this guy. In the in the Zoom was just naked except for an apron, and everybody was laughing. But I don't know this guy, <laughs> so this is I got I got sick of the Zoom calls after a while. Wow, naked guy in an apron that's that's a new one. That's great. <laughs> um, so Ilya, if you could kind of like walk us through, usually we like to hear just kind of your mental health story, like you know either major events in kind of your mental health experiences or just kind of when it started and how it's changed over time? Sure. Well, as an immigrant, uh, I guess I'll just start back from the beginning. Uh, I moved here when I was three, 91 from Russia. And a lot of people will think, well, you're basically a Kentuckian. But when you, you, I still grew up in the culture. Uh, and the culture, the Russian, I would say the Russian culture is one of the most polar opposite of the American culture. And so I was already kind of an outcast from the beginning. It was, it was easier at first because I knew all the immigrants. We all came around at the same time. So I had that community. Uh, and then we all went to school together too, uh, elementary school. But then for three years, I got sent to public school instead of the school I went to with a lot of the immigrants. There was a private school here in Louisville that gave a lot of the, because we were Jewish, um, we were considered Jewish refugees. So they gave a lot of the Jewish refugees free tuition. I go to the public school and man, things changed. Uh, you know, 
just something as simple as lunch. We were just talking about kimchi. If you brought kimchi, kimchi, that Russians eat that, you know. You bring it in your lunch, and kids see that, they automatically think you're a weirdo. Yeah. I, I was opening up this foil with apples and pomegranates. Uh, apples is baked apples and pomegranates and stuff like that. While other kids had gushers and fruit roll-ups <laughs> and fruit by the foot, all the good stuff I couldn't eat. And they're like, what are you eating? What is that? And now, of course, pomegranates are cool. Everybody's eating pomegranates. But before, it, it, you know, it, it, it just I – didn't, I didn't have a brother or sister – that that kind of still to this day that's something i am so jealous of that people had i wish you know to experience life with somebody growing up that somebody can share that experience with you that's nobody's fault but that's just being an only child i really didn't like if i ever have kids definitely two or three you know maybe four so there's no middle child because um, <laughs> that can be rough <laughs> and 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 yeah so i i'd ex- deal with this on my own, going to a new school, trying to make friends, not making any friends. Obviously, had I had big ears, I had uh, weird, like wavy, froey hair. You know, I got I got teased a lot, uh, and and that definitely in public school it was definitely worse. And that's just something that you know I experienced and dealt with. And it's part of my past. I still remember it. I don't think it was. There's people that that'll say my bullies made me, made me motivated to do better, or your bully become you become the boss of your bullies. That's not true. Uh, I, I think it that that was something I had to deal with, and it wasn't great. But I moved on. I went back to the uh, private middle school I went to with all the all the Russian kids. That was a lot better. Sixth grade was the best year. Okay. That was the best year of my life. We were all having sleepovers. We were playing Mario Party till 5 a.m. Not a care in the world. <laughs> we weren't in algebra yet. or I think we, yeah, algebra was too far ahead. So nothing hard, nothing to worry about. Didn't have to take any PSATs or SATs. Best year of my life, sixth grade. <laughs> then seventh grade hit. <laughs> and I just, that's the year everybody goes through puberty. Everybody starts uh, liking, you know, liking the opposite sex and and stuff like that and i i hit kind of late I, I do have to say and i remember this exact moment uh that i realized it because i went over to a friend's house my mom would always go to this dude's house this uh lady's house and you know to hang out and they had a kid and they, he was my age and every time i go over there we'd show each other our pokemon cards have the best time we play video games but one day I go over there, and he says, wait up. And then he puts some cologne on, comes downstairs, dressed really nice, and I got my Pokemon cards ready, and I go, hey, ready to play Pokemon? And he goes, no, Pokemon's stupid. I like girls now. And <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, and, yeah and, that, and that was so such a, oh, man, that was so hard to hear. And then I was looking around. Nobody, nobody liked Pokemon around me anymore. It was all, it, everybody was interested in other things, you know, bar mitzvahs and going to dance class, like something called cotillion. I think I don't know if you remember that, but I've heard I, of it. Yeah, I wasn't interested in any of that. Uh, I was still interested in Pokemon. So, <laughs> still to this day, <laughs> still to this day, actually. Yeah. So th- that was a pretty rough experience. 
And that's when, you know, 13 hits, the hormones hit. And I was just kind of out of place. I didn't know, you know, who I could hang out with. My friends were different and everything. And uh, I, I just kind of shut out the world. Um, by the time ninth grade hit, I was going to public school again. I went to Eastern where Emory was. And I swear for the first six months, I didn't say a word to anybody. Hmm. I remember there was a kid there. All my friends were going to other, all my friends went to other public schools, but I went to Eastern. I didn't know anybody there. And I remember there was this guy, he seemed like the really cool guy, you know, and he kept, uh, he kept like joking around with me, you know, all this. And I thought, wow, this guy's my friend. You know, this, <sighs> this is my friend. This is cool. And I remember Eastern was playing manual and my friends were over there with their new sets of friends that they just made at manual, and I didn't get in the manual. I'm still pissed off about that. Uh, I didn't make it in the manual, and they did. And so they were with all their cool new friends, and and this guy from my class would just be shaking me every time he saw me, going Ilya, Ilya, and I'd say, Yeah, that's my friend. They said, Dude, he's not your friend. He's making fun of you. And Aww. it was true. I realized that. Uh, I realized that in, in high school, and that was that was pretty rough. And through the years, I I had made some friends, but I was always jealous of Emery and his crew. I would see them; uh, th- they were all funny, and I'm like, man, it'd be nice to get a group like that. So I was still just shut out, you know. Even even talking to somebody I didn't know, guy or girl, I would kind of almost hyperventilate. I was that shy. Hmm. And then I don't know where everything changed, but I think it was getting a job with people my age. Because I worked at a hardware store out in Preston Highway as my first job. Nobody from high school was there. Nobody my age was there. I still, it didn't help me with my social anxiety. It didn't help me make new friends. It was a great job to have. I learned a lot about uh, building patio furniture, which was cool. Uh, But then I noticed the movie theater. I love movies. A lot of it was weird because that movie theater I worked at brought a lot of people that were very socially awkward at school, but over there they were kings. Uh, hmm. I said, all right, I'll go over here. And I, I worked over there for a while. I made some friends. It was nice. Uh, but it was also, I also got a little bit anxious over there because everybody was a little bit too tight knit. You know, hmm. it was kind of, and I'm not trying to hate on them or anything, it was kind of like band. You know, the band people were always very tight-knit and very involved in each other's lives. And I don't want that either. I want, I don't, I'm still to this day, I don't want people to know about my private life. I like to keep work and private and, and what I do outside of work separate. And so I, I made some friends over there. But then I found this place in the mall where they sold bean bags. It was at a kiosk. And I remember I was making, I got a 12 cent raise at the movie theater after working there for six months. And then I got a 30 cent raise after a year. And I see my friends, they were like, the really, they were really cool, the really cool guys. I didn't really know these guys that well, but I just knew they were cool. They didn't go to Eastern, but I just saw them there selling beanbags, dressed up. One of them's carrying Chinese food and just eating it. They're talking to girls. Uh, and, it, and it's the mall. So I said, are, are you all hiring? Uh, how much do you all get paid? And they said, 
seven bucks an hour and four percent commission, which was back in the day, it was like being a millionaire, you know. <laughs> and so I quit the movie theater, started working there. And over there, to talk to people, you have to try to sell something. So you can't be so you can't be socially awkward or anything like that. So that really made me just talk to everybody. Um, all my f- cool friends quit, of course, or got fired when <laughs> I got the job there. And it was way different. Now it was strict and everything. But I still try to make the most of it. And I mean, I met so many people. I met pe- I saw people from high school that I had never talked to. I started talking to them. Uh, I had something. I had these beanbags to show them. And they, everybody sat there. And that really helped with my social anxiety. It made me... It, it made me, you know, not afraid to talk to people. Uh, and and I felt like I was the cool guy, you know. And even though I wasn't that cool, I just sold beanbags. Um, and then I, ha- I finally had it. I had the that year, it was senior year, it was that back half of senior year where I was making friends, I was having fun, but then all of a sudden graduation hits and everybody's gone. Uh everybody's in um everybody's going to different schools everybody's joining fraternities sororities or making new friends in college and i go to jcc and back then it wasn't cool to go to jcc now people will get it you know but i go there nobody's my age everybody's the youngest person in my class 27 i saw one person that i was friends with from high school there it got better in the second semester when everybody dropped out of uk but um (laughs) But for but man, I was still stuck in high school, and people made fun of me for it because I would go to high school games for people that were younger than me, and it was so humiliate. I was so humiliated that I was doing that, but I felt like I didn't get enough of an experience. So yeah, basically, after that, college got a little better. I went to U of L, and then um, I I got my degree in engineering, and. It wasn't for me, and that was really hard to leave that, but uh, it, it wasn't my style. I didn't want to sit at a desk all day. I'm a social person now, and now I have a, a good job where I can be that way. I found ways to uh, combat problems that were with my mental health, like when I mentioned yoga um, and everything else that I do. That And... You know, I I talk to people. I'm more comfortable talking about mental health issues. Just I feel like everybody else is. So that's where I am today uh, on my journey. So sorry for talking so much, but uh, yep, that's that's it. Well, that was great. That was a great story. Um, yeah, and it sounds thank like you for sharing. You it. found those opportunities too, and like some things kind of landed for you. Some things by luck, but some things by like what you had to do. And it seems like things worked out. And then you you've learned to process things throughout and then also like you went through hard times and you dealt with very difficult things or stressful things or anxious things or things where people were just downright mean or rude and um but you seem to come out and seem to be doing okay now i relate so much to the social anxiety stuff like i was the same way night like freshman year of high school i like just not talking to anybody at first it took me such a long time to like come out of my shell and like make friends and it was so nice when you do finally find your people. It makes yeah. it so much better. Yeah, it took a while, and I got really lucky uh, because I saw people that... Because I, I like to look at other people, too, uh, you know, thinking, hopefully this person over here has been quiet the whole time, you know? But I saw people that never got to um, 
make any friends in high school and it's it's hard you know you're you're there every day of the week so i was very lucky to make some good friends all right so we're about at the end of our time um and we always like to end with gratitude so we want to do a quick lightning round okay. of gratitudes we just have a couple minutes um so this is where we talk about just things we're grateful for we like to end on a positive note because sometimes we talk about some dark stuff so gratitudes I am grateful for uh, my recent trip to Denver. I saw friends, saw amazing sights there. Uh, the weather was actually comfortable. And Denver's a really cool city. I don't think I'll move there. Uh, their housing rates are wild. Um, they're bad in Louisville, but terrible there. But it was, just, it was just nice to be able to travel again and get out of Dodge and just go somewhere new and experience that. So that, that was really cool. Awesome. That was quick. Okay. Your turn. Um, I am grateful for, um, I always have such a hard time with this. I guess right now I'm feeling grateful for just kind of some new things I'm trying with my mental health and that they seem to be helping me kind of like wean off of some medications. I was on way too many. Um, I'm trying to just kind of simplify things and, I feel grateful that I have like the support system I do to like make those changes and um, kind of deal with the transitions. What about you, Ilya? I'm grateful that things are open, uh, whether it's too soon or not. Um, I'm just happy to be able to do the stuff I love doing. I'm happy I can travel again. Um, I'm happy. I don't mean to talk about a small talk subject, but I'm very grateful for the weather. I mean, the weather has been nice. It's I'm very happy. It's summer, and the best season where you can do all the fun activities. So, <laughs> my least favorite season. <laughs> cool. Well, that is it for our show today, uh, Ilya. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to hear your story and just get to know you a little better. Thank you for having me. It's so great to talk to you all. All right, guys, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.